Welcome to Project Vetcast's 20th episode, and thanks for tuning in. In this episode, we're going to take a look at transitions in lifestyle. Now, in episode two, I talked about transitioning into a veteran lifestyle, but let's be honest. For some of us, the military is only a small part of our lives. One month to six years, depending on how long you've lasted in training until your final date in the military. For the interview portion, I got to interview Christy, a Navy veteran who started her own company doing graphic design, website development, and social media marketing. Christy, I actually got it right. (laughs) Uh, For those listening to this episode, I struggled a little bit with the social media marketing bit at the end of the interview. Anyways, towards the end, I'm going to cover another hobby. I found an interesting list of hobbies, so let's see what weird and fascinating things I end up talking about. While there's pride in being in the military, it isn't hard to take the values and lessons learned from others and learn from them. Otto von Bismarck, the Prussian politician that eventually became Germany's first chancellor, said, A fool learns only from his own mistakes. A wise man learns from the mistakes of others. How can we become the best versions of ourselves? By learning how to be better. (laughs) While it may seem obvious, how can we learn to be better? Through our mistakes. I quoted Von Bismarck through some comments I made in an episode prior. With Thomas Edison and the invention of the light bulb. But here's the twist to the Thomas Edison versus Nikola Tesla argument. Edison learned from Tesla's mistake. So according to Otto von Bismarck, which I think I remember learning about him in high school. If anybody from Harris County High School can confirm this, uh, please let me know. I'm not crazy. Or maybe I am. (laughs) According to Otto von Bismarck, Edison is the wise man in this situation. So... How can we learn through the mistakes of others? I think the obvious answer here is by studying history. If I'm completely honest, though, we'll never completely know the truth. Since another saying goes, history is written by the victor. And the victor isn't always the good guy. This is the point where if you're looking for moral moral advice, it's time to figure out if you're willing to listen to history or not. Because the accuracy of events in social history are questionable since we're all biased to some point or another. We have to take the victor's words for accuracy. Otherwise, history is false. Depending on the side of the victor, you'll have your own set of beliefs. Now think about it. While it's only a movie, National Treasure was about a treasure hunter whose family was historically important and it was up to Nicolas Cage's character to restore their good name. Well, how many times has this been done in life? Anyways, back to my original point. We have to learn from people's mistakes in the past, especially since history repeats itself. Unfortunately, history will always be distorted but we can do the best we can because we are not infallible.
Hey guys, I have with me here uh, Christy with Blue Dragonfly or her website bluedragonfly.net where you can get website design, you can get a uh, graphic design, website development, excuse me, graphic design and social media um, marketing. Marketing. Yep. You know what? And she knows her story better than I do. So uh, why don't you start with what motivated you to join the military? Well, um, what motivated me to join the military was my mother. Uh, she had given me <laughs> a list of parameters that I had to meet yeah. um, growing up in a Hispanic um, family, right? So as a lot of Hispanics, if you graduate from high school, then you're expected to get married and start having kids right away, right? Because mm -hmm. that's what a good Mexican girl does. And I didn't want to do that. So my mom said, well, if, if you're not going to do that, you need to find a job. They need to pay you. Um, they need to support you and they need to feed you and they need to pay you enough so that you can put a roof over your head. So uh, back when I was graduating high school, uh, minimum wage was $3.25. So I already knew that uh, getting a full-time job at $3.25 was not going to do anything that my mom gave me the list, right? Yeah. And so um, I started looking at my options, and I that's what made me decide um, to go in the military, and I chose the Navy. Kind of like uh, the moment where you were sticking it to the law? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what did you do in the Navy? Um, I became a hospital corpsman, which is just a medic. And the coolest part is that um, about a year and a half into my service, um, my dad, um, well, this is not cool, but uh, it, it ended up really being really good. My dad um, uh, developed uh, cancer and he was terminal. So I had requested a transfer to the West Coast to be closer to where he was. Right. Mm -hmm. And so um, my recruiter called and they said, hey, we got this really cool program that just opened and it's at Camp Mountain, California. Do you want to go? And I said, yes. I didn't really ask a lot of questions. Uh, they said, you'll still be a medic. Don't worry. Um, but you're just going to go be with the Marines um, and work out of the base. Right. And I said, OK, that fine, whatever. So uh, much to my surprise. Uh, they had just opened up the billet for female hospital corpsmen uh, to be attached to the Marines. Oh, and wow. so I was one of three girls that went through the program. Wow. And um, there was not really a lot of concessions made for us. We still had to meet all the minimum requirements. We had to do everything um, the guys had to do. Yeah. And um, that's the cool part is that I completed my training and I became an FMF um, hospital corpsman attached to the Marine Air Wing. So a uh, little something I did not know. Let me fix the camera a little bit. Sorry about that. A little something I did know about uh, Christy here is that she was FMF. What she did not tell me was that she was one of three uh, when they had just opened up the billets for FMF to uh, women. So that's pretty cool. Uh, how, how was your experience with FMF? Um, I loved it to tell you the truth. Um, yeah. I loved being, um, attached to the Marines there. It's a totally different world. Right. Yep. And, um, they're very, um, uh, patriotic, very gun-ho, uh, very good people. I mean, just like anybody that goes into the military, right? Mm -hmm. And um, I really, I always say that the Marines taught me how to be a man. So <laughs> I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, 
Um, where were some places you went as a FMF corpsman? Uh, well, I went to the Persian Gulf War. That yeah. had to be, um, for this is my sarcasm kicking in, but that had to be fun. Yes, actually, it was. Oh, really? Good. <laughs> yes, it was. Yeah, we, you always have fun with the Marines. I mean, <laughs> it, it is, is just the way it is. And as a female um, attached to the Marine units, um, I wasn't really around a lot of females. I mean, I did see them, they were around, but uh, because I was attached to the unit, it was mostly the guys, right? Yeah. Gotcha. But it was um, fun. The what? It was fun. Yeah, good. How long did you serve as a corpsman or as an FMF corpsman? Uh, the remainder of my enlistment, which was three years. Okay, cool. How was the transition experience getting out, especially after the first uh, Gulf or Persian War? Um, you know, it's kind of fuzzy now because it's been such a long time. Um, but when I was over there uh, in Bahrain, I was towards the end of my enlistment. So when I came back... I wanted to get married and have a family. So um, I got out and um, the person that I ended up marrying stayed in the military. So he went on to retire and I was married to him for 19 and a half years. Mm. And so um, I got out of the military and I became a stay at home mom. So for the, for those 19 and a half years, I knew I was having issues, but I didn't know what, what, it, why. Right. Mm -hmm. So I would um, attach it to, Oh, I'm a, I'm a mom. Oh, now I have two kids. No, now I have three kids. Oh, I'm a stay-at-home mom. Oh, I need a life. So I, all of the issues that I was having, I was always justifying them yeah. for my surrounding, right? So it wasn't until I got divorced, um, actually now 13 years, uh, that I had to really face what those issues were because I found myself as a single mother with three mm -hmm. girls and I was having issues, right? And so I really had to um, address those issues if I was going to pull through and get myself on my feet as well as my girls. Mm. Um, how long after the divorce or how long after you became a single mother with, uh, you said three girls, correct? Yes. So that I get that right. Um, how long after that, like, did it take to figure things out or did i mean well it took a little a little bit because um in the beginning i mean i was scared out of my you know what um being a single parent not having worked and then um i couldn't find a job that would pay me enough um even though i had a degree and mm -hmm. i had a bachelor's degree in graphic design i i just could not find a job that would pay me enough to support the girls and myself mm -hmm. And so I started bouncing from job to job to job to job, right? Yeah. And the whole entire time I was having a lot of issues. And so um, so it took um, a little bit of time. It took me about three years uh, to get involved in the veteran community. And that's, that was really the, the turning point for me, um, that I was listening to uh, a news segment about the 22 veterans that choose to take their lives and so that made me perk up and ask what is it that they're not getting and how can they go to war survive a war come back and then choose to end their lives and how can i help them right so awesome. i started thinking wait a minute 
I went to a war, I came back, I've made it, I'm still here. What are you not getting, right? Not realizing that we had the same issues, but I didn't know we had the same issues. Yeah. And so um, I jumped into um, finding a veteran community and Mm -hmm. trying to be of service, right? Uh, Whether it was taking a veteran to the VA, helping them file their paperwork, get into the system, whatever we needed to do to take that veteran Mm -hmm. and get them help so that they would choose to live, right? And the whole entire time, my veteran friends kept saying, Christy, you need help. And I was like, no, no, I'm here for for everybody else. And they were like, no, you need help. And I was like, no, no, but I'm here for them. And um, it was about two years after that, that we were at a presentation of veterans. And it was a Vietnam veteran that came to speak. And Mm. he was speaking about... um, a tragic moment in his life during his service. He was an army medic and it was a helo crash. And um, it was at a certain time of the night and then what he experienced. And then it's things started clicking, right? Medic, I'm a medic, helo crash, helo crash, dead people, dead people, nightmares, nightmares, insomnia, you know? And so I was like, Oh my God. <laughs> staring you in the face. With me, right. So uh, light bulb, light bulb moment. Right. Um, and then I realized I have what he has. <laughs> it's totally that whatever he has, that's what I have. And, but then even then it took me about another year before I got involved in the, um, in the VA system mm. and get help. Yeah. Um, because then I was, my anxiety was so high um, that I wasn't sure. It was my, it was like anxiety paralysis. It wasn't letting me do anything. Yeah. And it took the wife of a Marine Corps veteran um, who said, I will go with you. And so we got up, went to the VA. She mm-hmm. helped me fill out the paperwork. And she stayed with me throughout the whole entire process. And then she went with me to a couple of um, mental health uh, therapy because they were in person. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and she went with me and um, waited with me. And so that really was the turning point for, for me. Um, brain fart. Wow. This is terrible. Sorry. I'm just thinking about your story. Um, after the turning point where you started to go to the VA, how long did it help you? How long did it take you to kind of figure out how to deal with the the stress and the, the PTSD and the things that you were dealing with? Oh, well, I mean, it's still a journey. Um, mm-hmm. Now it's been about eight years and oh, wow. um, like, I, like PTSD never, ever, ever, ever goes away. It, it just doesn't, right? Mm-hmm. Anxiety never goes away. Panic attacks never go away. Um, insomnia doesn't go away. So what you have to do is you have to figure out how to deal with it and how to move through it faster. And that's really the the key point, right? Mm-hmm. So some days are really good and some days are just really bad, right? Yeah. And so um, it's doing a lot of uh, self-talk, number one, listening to soothing music, um, understanding where when I call it my crab bucket moments. Um, so understanding when you're in the crab bucket and, and realizing, oh, this is a crab bucket moment and it'll pass, right? And then getting busy and planning ahead of, of those things. So if 
my anxiety is running high um, and I need to take a break, then I, I have things planned ahead of time. Like I'm always planning ahead of time, right? Um, What am I going to do or how am I going to handle my issues? Uh, Because they don't ever go away. You just have to get better at managing them. Now, how did you come up with the term crab bucket, if you don't mind me asking? Well, if you ever see um, crabs in a bucket and one of them tries to get out and then the other ones kind of pull you down, right? They're trying to get out, but they're yeah. not really getting out. They're pulling you down. And so all your issues are the crabs mm. uh, because would you stick your hand in a crab? No. I mean, in the crab bucket, right? <laughs> no, they're going to bite you. They're kind of scary. They're, they look kind of alienish. And those are your issues, right? So you you don't want to look at your issues. They're there. They're kind of scary. And they always pull you down. So that's the crab bucket effect, right? Um, and so you have to realize when you're in the crab bucket <laughs> that you're having a crab bucket effect, you know? I, I'll have to think about that that way. Uh, that'll stick with me. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So from being a single mom with three girls to getting help um how many jobs did you hold before you started your business i had seven different um jobs gotcha and you were telling me that's a statistic right for is it It for all veterans Um, or for persian gulf veterans uh, no, no, all veterans, um, all veterans, when military exits into the veteran world, um, it, they will get a job and then they'll decide, okay, this isn't really a good fit. And then they'll mm-hmm. get another one. They might last, you know, a year there, maybe six months. And then they'll say, okay, this is not for me. And then they'll move on. Some of them, um, the average is seven different um, jobs. I call them explorations. Because it's nicer than if you call it a job, right? Because job makes you feel like a failure. But if you're exploring, then you're not much of a failure. So I call them different, um, seven different explorations uh, for veterans uh, find where they want to be. And sometimes at three three or four explorations, they'll go, I think I'm going to go into my own business. Was that where you came up with your idea of starting your first business? Yes. Um, yeah, it, it was, I was, I was very, very miserable in the different jobs that I had. Mm-hmm. Most of it was because I was having issues and I didn't know I was having issues. Right. So gotcha. I was like a huge part of it. And then the other part was the money that I wasn't making enough money to support my kids and we were struggling. Yeah. And so, um, really I woke up one day, um, I went to bed crying and praying and just, not knowing what I was going to do. And yeah. so um, the next morning I woke up and I was like, what skills do I have? What can I do to start my own business? Mm-hmm. And um, I'm not lying when I say this, my checking account had $200 mm. and I uh, bought a hundred dollars worth of groceries. Mm. I took uh, $50 for gas um, I took $25 and uh, went to Kinko and printed my own like business cards on nice, nicer typing paper. And then I came home and I cut it. And then I went on Meetup and I looked at uh, places where I could network and I started my own business. <laughs> you know, it's always bizarre to me that 
people right before they make it successfully, they remember that moment. It's like there are plenty of moments to remember, but it like, for example, uh, not to go on a tangent, I'm sorry, uh, but the guy who played Joey Tribbiani in uh, on Friends, he always the actor always talks about I had ten dollars to my bank account. And I got told about this audition and I went and did it. And then, you know, now he's, you know, that's the one moment he remembers. Right, right. Your and moment was $200. Yeah. And it was actually uh, April 1st, you know, so I was like, April Fool's, <laughs> let's go for it. <laughs> Very nice. Um, how long have you been growing your business? Well, now it's been a full time um, eight years where I'm, I'm starting my ninth year. There you go. Um, and it started with graphic design. How did you get into developing websites? Um, I started out of the need. Uh, people kept asking me, uh, number one, do you have a website? And I kept saying, no, I, I don't oh, have yeah. a website. Actually, I was really scared of websites. Yeah. <laughs> Like I wanted nothing to do with them, right? Mm -hmm. And so people kept asking me if I could build them a website because I was doing their logos or business cards, their printed brochures or their uh, banners, you know, and they kept saying, can you build a website? And I kept saying, no. So it took me about four years um, uh, because of my issues, you know, I was still working through my issues and stuff, right? Of course. And so um, one day I just woke up again and it was a weekend and I was like, how hard is it to build a website? Like, I'm smart. I can figure this out. So <laughs> I went to, um, that's my kitty. I don't know if you could see him. Uh, Hello there. Um, so I went to Barnes and Nobles and I bought three books. Mm -hmm. One of them was all code, no pictures. The other one had half code, half pictures. And then the third book had all pictures. And I was like, I can figure it out with the three books. <laughs> so I, uh, sat on my couch in over three days. That's all I did. Um, I built a website and oh, I was wow. like, oh, that was easy. Why was I resisting for the past four years? So I, I started building websites for people. Very nice. Um, see, now I'm going through code and cause I've done this a little bit too. And like, I had to go to some website just to learn how to like use PHP. I was like, Oh, HTML is great. PHP. I have no CSS. And they're like, yeah, no. Um, <laughs> what are some languages that you're familiar with? Well, um, HTML is is really my my strongest, and then the second one would be CSS. Of course, um, just because of what I do, right? Mm -hmm. And anything that has to do with HPHP. Um, when I was taking a coding class, our instructor basically said, "Google is your friend. Don't <laughs> to know everything, yep. and just Google it." Right? Oh yeah. Um, so I call it the Google God. You just go to the Google God yep. and just Google it. <laughs> I don't know if you know about this website, but Stack Overflow eventually became like one of the most recognized websites. I'd click on it and be like, oh, I'm on Stack Overflow. Okay, cool. What are yeah. they doing this time? Yeah. Um, so when talking about websites, have you ever, do you use website builders as well? Uh, yes. So I I really like Divi. Okay. Um, Divi is the, and then my second one would be Elementor, but mm. Divi to me, feels like spreading a nice soft butter on bread, right? <laughs> I mean, it is smooth. It has a large community. It's 
fun. Support is great. Um, it works with everything. And uh, because it's an open platform, people yeah. keep writing scripts for it, right? Oh, really? Which always makes it, yeah, it is. And, and so it always makes it better. Gotcha. Um, uh, and then the, the second one would probably be um, Elementor. But I don't like Elementor as much. To me, it's a little clunky, a little yeah. um, more like a brick, you know. You yeah. can still draw with a brick, but not as not as nice as Divi. No, I got you. I've used both uh, myself and um, I'm having a little hard time telling the difference because they're so they can be similar, very similar at times, depending on your needs. But uh, it it's kind of bizarre to me how if you have the time to invest in and explore it, how easy it becomes or like, you know, you don't necessarily have to know how to code even the CSS on something or you can go back and you can sit there and they have the editors where you can put the uh, CSS in for it. Um, what if I was a new customer for you, right? And I came and said, Hey, you know, I'm, a, I'm just starting up. Um, I really don't need a huge website, but I need something. Um, what would your response be? Well, we would do an exploration of your needs, right? Um, and we would talk about what are you going to use the website for? Is it a business? Are you an influencer? What kind of website do you really need so that we can get a full grasp on the scope of the project, right? Mm -hmm. um, when people say, I don't really need a, a big website, it could be a one page or okay. it could be three pages. And I really don't know until we, we have that conversation because yeah. I don't have um, cookie cutter websites. They're all custom built for my clients. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, how much is, and I don't want to say a typical, but how much uh, would a basic website be? Basic, um, maybe one or two pages. Usually around $800 and up. Okay. Um, if I'm somebody that doesn't have $800 up front, is that a, you know, a deal breaker? No, no, not, not really. My niche market is really the, the mom, the small mom and pop or the startups. Right. Mm -hmm. And so if they don't have the money, but they can make payments, I let them make payments. Gotcha. Um, what would be the most you've ever been paid for a website? The most I've ever been paid for a website was $10,000. And that was during COVID. Oh, um, wow. I had a company that approached me and they were in desperate need of a new website. And really, I knew that their project was more like a $20,000, $30,000 project. Oh, wow. Um, but because it was COVID and I needed the money like everybody else, I was like, I'll do it for 10. <laughs> I mean, I would have appreciated a $10,000 paycheck during COVID. <laughs> right, right. Um, and that was really their budget. And th that's what they said. You know, um, we understand this is probably a larger scope, but we're like struggling just like everybody else. Right. And this is our budget. And so I, I took it on. So I'm a customer and I start with you. But as we go on with time and as our needs change, I want to, you know, I'm a business that I started out a small business. Now I have the time to dedicate resources and stuff towards it or something like that um how easy is it to transfer stuff over um from you know like where you would work on it where i would maintain the website or, or like where... 
where you outgrow and go somewhere else. I know sometimes I've heard, you know, hey, I had to move a website and they required me to pay or it was such a painful process. They had to transfer domains. Um, um, not, well, because I have experience where my very, very first website that I had, uh, mm -hmm. and this was before um, I started my business, um, I had done like a little, I was doing supplies for another company. So I would create the supplies, right? So I had to have a website and yeah. I paid this lady um, $2,500 and it was all HTML coded. Um, I paid her to do a product website and then I was paying her $99 a month to maintain it for me because it was HTML. And what did I know? Nothing, right? <laughs> and so when I wanted to venture and do this on my own, she wanted $3,000. And then on top of that, I found out that she owned the domain, right? So I said, I'm not paying you. Um, this is fraud and yeah, she's your money, right? I mean, keep whatever. I, I wasn't that nice. I, you know, being Navy Marines, I, you can imagine my vocabulary. <laughs> so, um, having that experience when I started building, um, when building websites for other people, I decided, uh, my core values, right? I'm never going to hold somebody ho hostage. I'm never mm. going to own their domain. I'm never going to own their, their hosting plan. And so um, when you come to me as a small person needing a website, I set you up with your own hosting um, plan. It's under your name with your credit card. You own your domain, right? And then if you ever want to leave me, you can't. You can stay there. Uh, change the password, uh, whatever you you own everything, or you can transfer out. I mean, it's it's as simple as that because it's it's your own um, website. That sounds pretty easy, actually. Um, it is. <laughs> I mean, changing an admin password is what you know, going to the settings and then typing in a new password. Um, or actually sometimes I, I even do it for them. It's like, we're on the phone and I'm removing <laughs> myself and adding them. And I was like, okay, you're all set. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Um, in your entire experience, what would be the biggest lesson you've learned so far? Uh, the biggest lesson that I have learned, uh, business wise or, uh, personal. In general. I mean, if you want to do a business and a personal, that's more than welcome. But. Uh, biggest lesson. Um, the biggest lesson is that there's still really good people out there and that life is worth living. That's awesome. Um, now I'm curious. What about business? <laughs> <laughs> Um, business, uh, that it's fun if you're doing something that you're passionate. And one of my passions is helping in our veteran community. And out of COVID, I started a, a, a veterans chamber to help our veteran community stay in business mm -hmm. so that they would not lose their livelihood. So, um, serving, uh, is the best thing serving in business, right? Um, it's, is one of my biggest lessons that I've discovered, that I love it is what gets me up in the morning and what keeps me motivated. You said you started a veterans chamber. Yeah. Like a chamber of commerce. Uh huh. Very nice. Yeah. 
I think I ran into your Instagram page a couple months ago because I was just telling somebody there's got to be a way to like hook, you know, connect the, these veteran uh, businesses together. We got to start up a page. And he literally looked it up and was like, dude, there's a veteran chamber of commerce right here. I think it was on Instagram too. Yes, we are on Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, YouTube, TikTok, Facebook, and um, what else? Rumble and all, all of those. Well, I mean, it's a pleasure meeting you, knowing who uh, started the page. is a great idea. Yeah. Um, it, have we missed anything? Is there anything else you'd like to share about your story or about your experience? Or about Blue Dragonfly or... Well, I mean, um, bluedragonfly.net is uh, a business for everybody uh, that needs a little bit of help, right? So whether mm -hmm. you need a website, you need a website refresher, you need your social media marketing or your uh, business, right? Whatever tools you need so that you can do your business. Um, I'd love to help people. I a lot, Everybody that comes to me ends up being a friend because they really don't leave me my client's really don't leave me. I, I still have my very first client. Really? They are still my client. Right. <laughs> and so, um, I have a really good track record, um, you know, uh, with, with serving people because it's what I like to do for the chamber. Um, my goal for the chamber in the Dallas Fort Worth area is that we become the number one resource. So when people are looking for, uh, to do business with veteran business owners that they go to our website. And then if a veteran has decided to open up their business that they uh, join our chamber because we have uh, classes and workshops and um, resources that we can put them in touch with so that they can grow their business. Hmm. The other aspect of that is that if you belong to a community of brothers and sisters, you're more likely to stay um, engaged, right? And continue to do better, um, not only financially, but also mentally. I, I agree with that. I think of all the interviews I've done, that has been the consistent theme is, you know, I, I got, you know, together or I got on this page, I started talking to other people or, uh, it was, it was just the sense of community that I guess community, sorry, excuse me. Uh, it was a sense of community that I think, uh, as we separate, we kind of lose out on at first. Yes. And to tell you the truth, uh, being engaged in the veteran community, like I belong to the American Legion and we do the honor guard and color guard, which has mm -hmm. been a total uh, pleasure for me to participate in, um, really gave me the, back that sense of family. Right. Mm -hmm. and, and I didn't know that that was something that I was missing for 19 and a half years. That's and a it was like I got involved in the veteran community and I was like, Oh, this is what I was missing, right? So it, it just feels good. And you build those relationships with, with people. And it's just nice to to see them and get together. You know? Yeah. No, absolutely. I um doing these podcasts kind of, you know, it's not as grim or bleak as you know it is initially when starting out you know getting to, to see all the veterans do, you know being successful and doing things you know chamber of commerce or just you know participating i don't know i i guess i never really learned a lot of stuff about the va or the vfws or the american legions or anything until i started talking to other veterans through this podcast and uh yeah no what i've been missing out on but uh <laughs> no but um yeah 
Uh, anything else at all before we end? Well, if anybody wants to reach out to me, they, they can. Um, my telephone number is uh, 214-714-5344. And my email is Christy, C-R-I-S-T-I-E, at bluedragonfly.net. B-L-U, like Bluetooth, not like the color blue. Because <laughs> I had to be different, you know. Life's better that way. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, guys, reach out to Christy. She's awesome. She's got a great story. She's uh she's been working with the veteran community for a while now, and uh, it it looks like her mental health has gotten much better. Um, but she's also somebody with an experience, somebody with uh, advice, somebody who can be there when you need her. Um, so yeah, no uh, support her. If you need a website built, go to bluedragonfly.net. Um, she does graphic design, website development, and social marketing. Social, social media, media marketing. marketing. Oh, yeah. you know what? I'm going to get that right one day. I'm terrible. My mouth moves or yeah, my uh, brain's still thinking. Um, this is Christy and <laughs> bluedragonfly.net. Thank well, you thank for you uh, so being on project. having me. Thank yeah. you for being on project vetcast. Christy, I just wanted to say thanks for coming on to project vetcast and telling us your story. I think it's really cool how your story formed as time went on how you found your way into entrepreneurship with graphic design, website development, and social media marketing through bluedragonfly.net. Christy, you're killing it. Keep it up. So last week I got into something more serious, which was scuba diving. And the weeks prior to were hobbies that I either didn't realize were hobbies or hobbies that I learned something that blew my mind, baffled me, and made me laugh. Like, uh, you know, soap being salt. Um, this week, I'm going to get into something kind of a mixture of both and uh, get into stand-up comedy. Stand-up comedy is comedic performance where a comedian performs in front of a live audience, often addressing them directly from the stage. So one thing that maybe I guess not surprised me, but usually when you think of a stand-up comedian, you think of the people that get paid. Um I know I've considered getting into stand-up comedy and thinking how long would it take me to get paid to do this, but honestly, I just enjoy making people laugh. You know, uh, life is way too serious all the time. You know, there's grim news that we get hold of, or you know, work sucks, or you know, work. You know, driving to work was terrible. It took too long to drive home from work. Um, just making people smile and laugh has, has become a real joy of mine has uh, when I was working security all the, or working security a lot, you know, my schedule went to a uh, three, two, two, three, 12 hour shifts. And I barely had any time to myself. I was miserable, but kind of thinking, do I want to be miserable to people all the time? Or would I rather smile because they didn't force my miserable lifestyle on me? My choices did. And uh, the people all, I worked for made my life miserable. So I can either be miserable with everybody else and just be a miserable person. Or instead of being miserable all the time, I can be funny. I can smile. I can become a, a joyful, happy person for people to remember. Um, hell, even joking about my experience in security. I mean, people laugh. It either blows their mind that people can be so crazy or that, uh, life at a security department can be as crazy as it is. I mean, it still blows my mind sometimes, <laughs> but, um, 
yeah so to get into stand-up comedy uh i think you have to start you can take classes for it if you're not sure about how to start but you can also um just go to an open mic night whether they're laughing at you or they're laughing with you they're laughing and that is the point with stand-up comedy to laugh so if you're somebody who's got some kind of ego issue or maybe you're not sure how to get over a certain part about yourself make people laugh about it make people enjoy the comedy behind it maybe it'll help you move on with it i mean it I, you know joking about myself when uh situations get uncomfortable makes the situation easier you know somebody sits there and's like i can't stand you and look at him and be like you know sometimes i can't either so i guess that makes two of us um, <laughs> it, it it all depends on the moment, but stand up comedy is something uh I hope other people consider because I'm thinking about trying to get into it as well. Guys, that is it for the 20th episode. I can't believe it's been 20 already. If you ever need to talk or you have any questions at all, please feel free to email me at ian at projectvetcast.com. I'm happy to listen, bounce ideas back and forth, or to help you figure things out. I'm a veteran, and if you're a veteran too, I'm your brother.